Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. There are people in this beautiful, loving, amazing church that are going through stuff that you, you can't even begin to imagine. And they would love nothing more than to be able to say to you, Hey, I'm really struggling. I need prayer. I need prayer for this, this specific issue. Would you pray for me? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 2 Thessalonians. You never know what someone is going through. Someone could look as bright and happy as they always have and still be struggling. So... In today's message, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to both ask for prayer and to pray when someone asks for prayer. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we can lift each other up. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I mean, it's just that sense. It's almost like the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit. Oh, this is good between me and the Holy Spirit. God heard that prayer. And so there was just this overwhelming sense of peace. And it was like God was saying, I got this. Watch me now. Now, this was in the morning. I go into this intense spiritual warfare and prayer, and by the afternoon the situation was resolved in such a way that it was only that God could do it, as only He can, and He did it in such a way that it was unmistakably Him. You know how it is that sometimes something will happen and you know it's the Lord? because there's no other explanation. Well, that's what it was like. And here's what the Lord ministered to me that day before the prayer meeting that night, and I shared it, was that that situation could have turned out very differently if I didn't pray. And that sends chills up and down my spine, because what that means is prayer has the propensity to change every situation in your life. And sometimes that situation can change instantly. Instantly. What I want to do is share with you three keys, for lack of a better way of saying it, three ways to pray Three, I I, I hate it when the world hijacks, I know Arabs shouldn't use the word hijack, but they hijack, the world hijacks, you know, biblical truths and principles. And one such, my, my pet peeve is the secret to success. The world has totally stolen that from us and marred it and profaned it and made it, you know, common and secular. So I always sort of preface it that way when I say, this was Paul's secret to success. This is the 
secret to success when it comes to prayer. And you see this first one on the screen, and it's a biggie. It's humility. In fact, it starts here. (laughs) You know what's striking to me? Is that Paul, this is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. He's humbling himself and asking his brothers and sisters to pray for him. That's humility. I mean, come on. Hey, if, if I know the Apostle Paul, I'm going to him saying, Paul, dude, you're connected. Will you pray for me? No, this is the other way around. Paul is humbling himself and admitting, hey, I need prayer. You know, it's really sad to me is that many a Christian does not feel safe going to a brother and sister in Christ and just asking for prayer. It's kind of like, where's your faith? I thought you were more spiritually mature than that. And it's almost like this admission of weakness. And and sadly, it's, it's the opposite that's true. In fact, Paul would say that he would boast in his weakness because when he's weak, that's when he's strong. The way up is the way down. You know what's interesting is replete throughout his epistles to the Romans, the Corinthians, the Ephesians, the Philippians, the churches in Colossia. Paul asked them to pray for him. And the reason I believe that he did is because he knew well that the prayers of God's people had the power to impact the effectiveness of his ministry in spreading the gospel. You know, if you think about it, just the very act of prayer is an acknowledgement of one's own humility and need. You know, the ones God can't help are the ones who don't think they need help. When I was a new believer, uh, I was sharing with my cousin, who was not a believer, that I was just, you know, praying and asking God for help and, you know, asking him, you know, to pray. And he says to me, well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. Now, I hadn't read the Bible yet. And I'm, I'm looking for that verse. And, and I, I was thinking maybe it's next to that other verse, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. And I didn't find it. Because it's not there. It might be in First Fleshalonians, but it's not in, in here. And the reason it's not is because the opposite is true. God helps those who can't help themselves. But see, we're so full of pride, so full of ourselves, you wouldn't catch me dead admitting, hey, I need help. You need help? Yeah. You wimp? I know. It's an admission of need. And it's an act of faith. You know, in Proverbs, we just got done finishing the book of Proverbs, and throughout 
the book of Proverbs, one proverb after another, what comes from and because of humility. With humility comes wisdom. You need wisdom? It comes by way of humility. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. I think about some of the most, I mean, miraculous, supernatural things that God has done in my life, and without exception, it has always come because I humbled myself, and I prayed, and I asked God to grant me what I was asking for. I mean, throughout all of my Christian life, every grand and glorious thing that God has done for me has come because of prayer. Prayer. Just simply praying. And by the way, can we just make sure that we understand that prayer is not complicated? This is another tactic of the enemy, by the way. He tries to complicate prayer, and it gets so complicated that we don't pray. Many years ago, I, 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 I prayed, God, I want to be a man of prayer. Make me a man of prayer. So I went out and I bought books on prayer. One book, voluminous, E.M. Bounds. Oh, my goodness. Great book. Make no mistake about it. This thick. I'm going to read this book on prayer. So I started reading it. The Lord just said, why don't you just pray? You know, the time it would take you to read this book on prayer, you could be in prayer. And so I put it back on the shelf, and I prayed. (laughs) Prayer is just talking to the Lord. It's just talking to God. You know when Paul talks about pray continually? You know, when when you say, hey, let's pray, what's the first thing that happens? Our heads go down, our eyes close, our hands probably fold. Do you know that in the Old Testament, when you see or read where somebody prays, you're you're crying out to God. (laughs) Whether on your knees, on your face, It really doesn't matter so much the posture of your body as it does the posture of your heart before God. Humbling yourself and just crying out to God, God, oh, I need Thee. Oh, Lord, I need Thee. It's music to God's ears. The second one is specificity, and it's in verses 2 and 3. Notice that Paul in asking them to pray for him, does so with specificity. It's not just a generic, you know, sort of open-ended, hey, pray for me. Yeah, I'll pray for you. you. Come on, how often do we do that? Hey, I'll pray for you. Really? Or, or how about this one? This is, <laughs> I want to be careful here, because someone will, will, I always know it's going to be not good when somebody says, you know, I prayed about this before I sent this email. Oh, no. My question is, okay, you prayed about it. What, what was God's response? Oh, did you stick around for that? 
Because prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. It's conversation, it's communicating with the Lord, and the Lord communicates back. Oh yeah, He does. He he talks back (laughs) through His Word, chiefly. But Paul is very specific. And this is important because when God answers the prayer, you're going to know that he answered the prayer by virtue of the specificity of the prayer. If it's a generic prayer, it's going to be kind of like a generic answer. I'm just going to, you know, Lord, I just pray that you'll do this, bless them, bless this, you know, and then that, that's it. And then God does it, and you're like, he did? Well, yeah, you asked him. It was according to his will. He answered the prayer. Oh, really? Well, if there's specificity, and God answers it specifically, then there's no ambiguity, right? So what is the specific prayer request that Paul humbles himself and asks them to pray for? He says, pray that we are delivered from people who are evil and wicked. That's a good prayer. Obviously, Paul was on the receiving end of a lot of attacks on, oh my goodness, he was. So he's asking them to pray that he's delivered from these evil and wicked people. And, you know, it's almost like in our day and age, we, again, sadly, you ask someone, for prayer, and you're that specific, sometimes the response is something along the lines of, buck up, buttercup. Don't you pull yourself up by the bootstraps? What's the matter with you? No. I, I need prayer. I need prayer. You know, I would venture to say, and please don't look at the person sitting next to you when I say this. (laughs) But there are people in this beautiful, loving, amazing church that are going through stuff that you, you can't even begin to imagine. And they would love nothing more than to be able to say to you, hey, I'm really struggling. I need prayer. I need prayer for this, this specific issue. Would you pray for me? In verse 3, we see the heart of the Apostle Paul. And as we've gotten to know him in our study through the New Testament, it's becoming abundantly clear that that Paul was such a loving man. I I don't know what you're picture of the Apostle Paul is, you know, fearless, yes, but loving, oh, he was such a loving man. And he loved these Christians so much. And even in his asking them to pray for him, he's encouraging them as well. Here's what I'm thinking. They knew Paul was always praying for them. And we even see it throughout 
this letter to the church in Thessalonica as well as all of his letters. I mean, if you were to ask anybody in Colossae or Philippi or Thessalonica or any of these places, uh, what, what's Paul like? Oh my goodness. He's a man of prayer. He, he is so loving. He is so compassionate. He is so caring. He prays for us all the time. That would have been their answer. It's this last one that I want to spend the remainder of our time on. And I think you'll see why here in a moment. It's in verses 4 and 5, and it's persistency. I don't know if it's possible to overstate the importance of persistency in prayer. Here, Paul confidently prays for them. He asks for prayer from them, but he also prays for them specifically that the Lord will direct them to continue and persevere in God's love for them. The inference being, the implication being that this was an issue for them. This was a struggle for them. The perseverance, the endurance, the confidence. So Paul knew what they needed prayer for. This is an area that I I want you guys to know, I know that you need prayer. Because you need to continue and persevere and persistently pray. Actually, Confidently and persistently praying is the key to answer prayer. And I'll explain how I get there. It's praying confidently, which fuels, really the confidence in prayer is the fuel in the tank of the persistence in prayer. Maybe better said, I'm not going to continue praying if I don't have any confidence that that prayer is going to get answered. Whereas if I do have confidence and faith and trust and believe that God will answer my prayer if I will but persist, then I'll persist. I hope that doesn't sound like a play on words, but maybe I can say it this way, and again, I know Arabs shouldn't use airplane analogies, but (laughs) confidently and persistently are the two wings on the uh, airplane of prayer. That's what makes it fly. You, You need both. You need both. It's that confidence. I, I think about David. I, I, I would have lost heart. But I remain confident, knowing Psalm 27, 13, and 14, that, that I will see the answer to my prayer, the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Just wait, just wait, <laughs> you'll see. I, I, I'm still confident. I haven't lost confidence. And I'm going to continue to persist 
and persevere and endure. And by the way, prayer might be simple, but that doesn't mean that it's easy. Simple is not synonymous with easy. Maybe I need to explain that a little bit more and expound on that. Just because something is simple doesn't mean that it's easy. Prayer is hard work. Laboring in prayer. Paul, in fact, to the Thessalonians, we saw this in his first epistle, he actually describes his love for them and his prayer for them like a woman travailing in labor. That's how much he loved them. He labored in prayer for them. Now listen, if I, you know, I was present at the birth of all four of our children, and I want you to know, it was very painful. <laughs> for my wife. <laughs> I have a profound respect and admiration and adoration for my wife, four women who have given birth. Oh my goodness. My wife did not, I mean, all of our births, except for Noelle, because of her trisomy 18, she did not uh, have an epidural. It was natural. And I mean, she felt everything. And I was there. She was holding my hand one time and cut off the blood circulation and they turned, started turning white and I was looking at her trying to tell her. <laughs> and I have video to prove it too, by the way. We videotaped all of the births. I mean, that labor room, when that woman is in labor, giving birth, and that's what Paul is comparing his love for them and his prayer for them too? I have to confess that as the pastor of this loving church, and God knows I love you, but that, that convicts me. I mean, I don't know if I could say that. You know, that's love. And think about this. Aren't the ones that we pray for the most the ones that we love the most? Right? Goes hand in hand. Let's talk about this persistency in the context of this parable that Jesus taught in Luke 18. We affectionately refer to it as the parable of the persistent widow. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. Each book holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. 
Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings, as well as his Mideast prophecy updates, an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true.